Welcome to the Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Todd has over 35 years of experience working with thousands of couples as a licensed therapist in his private practice. Todd shares his insights on this show. It's never too early to divorce-proof your marriage or too late to heal yourselves and have the relationship you truly want. Hi, everybody. This is Todd Krieger. Uh, today, I'm talking to you about building trust through joint decisions, building trust, and also how joint decisions done well can strengthen the intimacy in your relationship. I mean, the truth is that sometimes when we're making decisions, and there's so many decisions to make as a committed couple, it's easy. You know, we both agree about things. But what about those times when we don't? perfectly agree that our preferences, our wishes, our values don't exactly align. How do we deal with this? How do we make decisions that don't disconnect us, but instead build trust and strengthen intimacy? Really, very important. So we're going to explore this right now, how making decisions together can build trust and why trust is such a key component of intimacy. And so that uh, we tend to learn that conflict, even tough conflict, may not be an obstacle to trust and deep intimacy. So that's what I want to talk to you about. So, so you have the decisions we need to make, but we both agree. It's pretty easy, right? Pretty resolvable, quick, just make it happen, no problem. We both like the same couch. I love that couch. I love that couch too. Let's buy the couch in the story. But inevitably, we disagree. If 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 people are always agreeing, somebody is adapting too much, and that's another problem. And we don't want that problem. So, what we uh, what in in these kinds of uh, situations, what we do is, um. Maybe I want this couch, and you want to. I have a better example, actually. Uh, I want to live close to my work, and you want to live close to your work, and work is 50 miles apart, and we compromise and we move 25 miles in between so that each person doesn't get exactly what they want, but they also don't have to drive 50 miles. They only have to drive 25 miles, right? That's a. That's a conflict. We disagree, but we compromise. So a compromise is a trust builder too. When I am um, seeing that you're willing to compromise and you're seeing that I'm willing to compromise, of course, I mean, that can build trust. When we, compromise is necessary in relationships. It, it is. We compromise because we make a decision that it's important to compromise because I can't have it all my way all the time and you don't have it all your way. If you never have it your way and I always have it my way, you're going to be miserable. So that's not going to be good for me anyway. So it's really best for me to be willing to compromise and, and, and give a little bit here and you, of course, compromise and give a little bit there. So that's a, that's another kind of thing that um, th that we need to do. And we need to be willing to compromise in these kinds of decisions that are resolvable but that require some kind of compromise. Unlike the couch where we both agree. No compromise in the first example, right? We both get what, exactly what we want. 
So we need to be willing to do that. Like um, you could, you could, I've seen this a lot with couples raising children. Like one person is more of the disciplinarian and the other one uh, is a little bit more of the softer tuning into what the kids need and maybe has a harder time with structure, but maybe has an easier time with empathy. And um, I think that was a little bit true in my own relationship with my wife, um, where she was much better at structure. I was much better. Well, I was better at tuning in. I could, I, I mean, we weren't extreme, but definitely I had my strengths, she had hers. And so what we had to learn to do is learn from each other. Like I learned how helpful her ideas about structure were to give the kids security and deal with anxiety. So when, as time went on, my openness to learning about her way of doing things helped me be a little bit more balanced. Um, and her watching me have a pretty good way of tuning in, she got better at it too. And she was able to realize that sometimes you can't, you can't just have structure. You need you need empathy and connection, and sometimes you gotta be a little looser about certain things. It's not black and white. Raising children is not a black and white deal. And so now the other way it, it builds trust is when we're able to, because of our differences, uh, learn from each other. And so even though to this very day we're not we still have our same strengths and weaknesses. It's first of all, more balanced for both people because we learn from each other. And number two is there's a certain kind of respect for each other's differences and strengths and weaknesses. So that's another aspect how decision-making about challenging things can actually build trust and build intimacy. Of course, the, the ingredient there is an openness, recognizing the value in the other person's opinion. And then there's the other kinds of decisions that um, are really <clears throat> even more difficult, even more difficult to come to a resolution. One of the people I like to quote is John Gottman, good marriage therapist along with his, with his wife, Julie Gottman, but also they're excellent marriage researchers because of all the um, people they were able to observe with a lot of scientific equipment learn about couples over the long term, what it takes to succeed, what happy couples um, do to succeed. But one of the statistics that I thought was really interesting is he said that 69% of relationship conflicts are unresolvable. So I'm giving you some examples of conflicts that are resolvable. I'd say the parenting one is not 100% resolvable. I mean, it's something you got to live with each other's strengths. Um, but there are some other kinds of uh, differences, disagreements that might be unresolvable. I think my way, you think your way. You have your opinion, I have my opinion. I have my deep wants, you have your deep wants, and they're very different. And we won't, we won't ever be able to totally resolve them. And he says 69%. That's a lot. So in these, what do we do? And how do, how do these conflicts not deteriorate the relationship, but instead do what I'm saying, helps you build trust and even deeper intimacy? And he talks about, John Gottman talks about uh, looking, seeing the gridlock and 
looking for the the dreams in the conflict, each person's dreams. So what we're talking about here is rather than getting stuck in a power struggle, which decreases intimacy and trust, what we need to do is, wow, you really want this and I really want that. I had a couple I saw years ago where they were both from Ohio and Columbus, Ohio. I'm remembering it right. I just thought of that now. And they moved to Southern California. And he was a he was a sports coach. And they had kids out here. And he ended up getting this great, actually three jobs that were related to each other as a soccer coach, being paid well, doing what he loves. And it's Southern California, so you could do it pretty much all year round, not like Ohio. And he was loving it. They had these three kids or two, I don't remember. Both of them, all their family was in Ohio, Columbus, Ohio. And they, she wanted to be in their family so badly because that's the way she grew up with cousins and all that. And here they were all by themselves with this kids and other nuclear family with their kids, which is, that was great. But they, she felt such longing to be with her family. So he really didn't want to move. He really liked it here. She really didn't want to stay. She so much missed her family. Tough. The tough issue that's not easily resolvable, definitely falls in the 69%. How do we take that conflict and help them stay connected and understand each other? So what we talked about was just that thing, like what's the dreams that each person has and what what are they really wanting? And not to look at it as you don't care about me, but rather why is it so important to you? Not, why is it so important to you? But more like why is it so important to you, right? It's that kind of attitude. And of course, for her, she, it was like, she felt like her kids were missing out. She missed the support. It was what she grew up with. It's what he grew up with, too. And she just wanted it so badly. Every day she woke up thinking about how she wants to be in their family. They, were, they would fly back but there were many little things that they missed because their lives were here. And then she would ask him, why? She, my, he says, my dream is to be passionate about my work. There will never be an opportunity in Columbus, Ohio. So she says, well, what about if we move to Cleveland? There's more opportunities, the bigger city. But, you know, he, he, he understood and he, he said, you know, obviously it'd still be, it'd be right, not right there. I don't know how far it was, but a couple hours away. Any of you Ohioans could correct me on that, but I think it's a few hours away by driving. But at least it's a lot better than having a four-hour flight. So, but he, just thinking about that made his heart ache. 
thinking that he wouldn't be able to do what he's doing, his, his vocation that he loved and he was so good at. And he was getting such appreciation. And he was getting paid and doing it all year round. So what do you, what do you do? How do they handle these tough decisions, these challenging decisions? And many of you listening could probably think of times you had really a tough decision. So what they did, I really like what they did is they they decided to table moving. She 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 real she wasn't willing to give up her dream, and yet totally understood his dream. And because she was able to understand that she was okay with it. I think there was some reason she wanted to stay too. I think she was in some kind of a program, like a school program for her. Like she said, well, I'm not going to leave for nine months anyway. And so we worked on some communication, but most importantly, they, they really came away from the therapy. I don't know what happened to them. I don't know what they decided. We met for a few months and then, they still had many months to go before she would even think again about moving. So the decision was to stay here for now, but it wasn't resolvable. I mean, it surely didn't feel resolved in her heart. And let's say, because I didn't follow up, I didn't know, they didn't call me back. Let's say they ended up staying in Southern California. It would be something that she would understand this dream and it gave them because of the income gave them some opportunities. And also she had a very happy husband who was good to her and passionate. And she had to accept the good with the bad. The bad was not seeing her family, except they would go. I think they also, before they left, we, they made some compromises. How do we see them more? How do we fly back more? I, I know we talked about that. Even though in those nine months uh, or, or so, when she wasn't going to leave Southern California for sure, but they both got deeper. They both understood each other's dreams, and he, you know, it's, it's you got to live with some pain sometimes. And he 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 was pained that he couldn't that he wasn't giving his wife so much what she wanted. But she was like, I know if we move, you'll be miserable working in that environment. And he, he didn't see the opportunities there. He tried it there before, and it was pretty magical here. So um, I think what I'm trying to say is that we need to look for what each person deeply wants. What's important to them? What are their values? Let's understand each other. And when we decide in their case, to stay put for them, or if he ends up deciding to leave because he realized that her wanting to leave, maybe on a scale of 1 to 10, her, she was a 10, and maybe on a scale of 1 to 10, him staying, he was a 9. It's pretty high. So he would choose to go 10. That's a, actually, I, taught, I told them this very simple thing that they would need to do when the time came um, to really make this decision. You know, sometimes both people the same number, but oftentimes that's not the case. Maybe they're both high, but one's higher than the other. And you never want to give in. See, giving in in terms of decisions leads to resentment. Choosing to yield is very, very different. Choosing to compromise, it's my choice to yield. As difficult as it is, 
I'm not putting it on you. I choose. If he isn't moving, he chooses to move. And he cannot be resentful towards her. It's his choice. Even if he never gets the job yet here or jobs, he could. it's his choice. He didn't give in. Sure, you could say he never would have made that decision if it wasn't for her, but that's that's part of being in a couple, accepting these challenges. You know, one of the things we have to do is accept these kinds of difficulties. And once we truly accept it, it becomes a little less difficult. It does become a little less difficult. I remember in the book, The Road Less Traveled, Dr. Edward Peck, the author of that book, starts out, life is difficult. That's the whole first paragraph. Next paragraph. Paradoxically, once you accept this truth that life is difficult, it becomes pretty immediately a lot less difficult. It's because we're not resisting this difficulty. Well, when it comes to conflict and needing to make these joint decisions, we need to not resist that that's life. We need to not resist that sometimes decisions require compromise or choosing to yield or taking chances, right? Sometimes we have to make decisions with that. We don't know what this certain, there's no certainty in, in a lot about life. So those are the things we need to do. And as we do these things, as mature people that are listening and looking for the dream in each person's conflict, as Dr. John Gottman says, then we could become stronger. We accept that nobody is trying to hurt the other person. We're just two different people with maybe sometimes very different sets of priorities, wants, and values, and that we learn to live with those that we can't resolve. We learn to compromise uh, when we can. And lastly, when things are easy, you enjoy it and you celebrate the easy ones. Anyway, that's what I wanted to say. And uh, hopefully that is helpful, especially if you're going through any challenging conflicts right now. This is Todd Krieger, making the world safe for love. That's it for today's episode of Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity Podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. For free resources and materials, head over to toddkrieger.com. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.